Hi there and welcome to this episode of the Christian Women in Business podcast. It's so great to have you here. Now, I know we all kind of struggle with social media and the changes and what platform should I use and all the overwhelming stuff that comes with social media and running a business. But do not worry because we have got an expert in the room today who is also going to be in the room at conference that is going to put us all to ease. Now, before we get into that, I would love for you to do me a favor. If you are watching this or listening to it and you're not driving, stop what you're doing and take a picture of you listening to this podcast and please tag us in it, in your stories, in Instagram or Facebook, whatever, because we had someone tag us the other day and it was so beautiful to see where you guys are at in the world and where you're listening to us. So please share us some love. Um, it's always us and the camera. We never actually get to see you. So I want to see some beautiful faces come in this way. And also, we did end conference ticket regos last week. However, we have decided to extend it for another week. So you'll listen to this podcast from a Wednesday and they're open until Friday. So if you haven't got your ticket yet and you've left it till the very last minute, <laughs> go and get them now. They're open for two more days. Now, today's guest um, is on a mission to help create an impact on businesses wanting to scale their products and services through online marketing. Her favorite thing to do on the weekend is socialize with friends, serve at church, pat all the dogs <laughs> that she can, uh, run around in loungewear, which is her own brand without reason the label, which we're going to get more into in a little while, um, and be with her husband and Bryce. I'm guessing Bryce is a dog. He's a dog lover, but no, he is my husband. Oh, right? okay. <laughs> I do love that. That's so funny. It was just how it was written. Anyway, welcome to the show, Jess Partridge. Thank you. He does have golden retriever energy, so I guess I'm with that. That's the best ever. I should really proofread what I write then, maybe. <laughs> It's because there was a little comma, husband, comma, and then Bryce. I'm like, maybe you should have sang him with the husband and then, you know. Because <laughs> you mentioned Matt patting the little fur ball, so. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. No, we don't have any dogs yet of our, of our, of our own, but hopefully very soon when we uh, have our house built and we have a backyard big enough, so it is a dream. But I pat, I pat all the dogs I don't own, so <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> that's awesome so Jess you're going to be speaking on Sunday at conference which is super exciting and you're going to be sharing all about social media um, and what's working at the minute um so if you didn't guess Jess runs a marketing agency do you call you so do you say marketing agency I know yeah. some people don't like the word agency <laughs> I know <laughs> that's cool so can you share so you're in Sydney Yes. Whereabouts in Sydney are you? I'm about 45 minutes northwest of like Sydney, Sydney. So I'm in a little little spot called the Hills District. And then I'm going to be, I'm in the middle of building a house with my husband, Bryce. Uh, and we are moving probably in February next year. Uh, but we're moving out to like the Blue Mountains, which is really nice. So oh, it'll be a that's so nice. Country vibe. So I'm excited for that. That's so good. That's so good. So our delegates that are coming to conference and for our listeners who are listening today, 
Can you please share with us your story um, of how you started in business to where you are today and how God's kind of worked within that? And I'm sure like there seems to be a theme at the minute, but your business probably isn't how you thought or how it started. And it's probably changed along the way too. I think everyone's kind of relating to that now. Um, But yeah, if you could give us a rundown and share with us your story, that would be awesome. 100%. Yeah, that is exactly what happened. So I was at university. I, well, backtrack a little bit. I actually wanted to get into journalism. So that was my thing. I wanted to be like the next Katrina Roundtree on Getaway doing all the travel stuff. Like she was what I wanted to be. Um, But I missed out on the ATAR points by only a couple, maybe two or three ATAR points, which is the HSC um, here in Australia. And it was just really interesting. I kind of at that point thought, okay, well now what do I want to do? Like journalism isn't really the thing. So like, I can't get into it. I would have to wait a little bit or blah, blah, blah. So I went to the orientation day at university and there was this course there that said digital and social media. And I'm like, get out of town as if you can study this. (laughs) That's wild. Anyway, so of course being what 21, 2020 at the time or something like that, actually maybe even younger, I was like, yeah, this sounds awesome. So I kind of was reading through the curriculum and I thought this sounds interesting and I I signed up for it. So my first year I was studying just digital and social media. And then in my second year, the uni said you can do a double major. And so they suggested a really good uh, option to kind of couple with it or pair with it would be marketing. And I thought that makes sense. And I really like where this is kind of going, traditional marketing. I mean, I always grew up loving like Girlfriend and Dolly magazines and things like that. I did my year 10 work experience at Women's Weekly. Like I loved all that stuff, but I thought this is kind of really where marketing is going in the online space. And so I signed up for that. And then, so in my second and third year of uni, um, I was studying both marketing and digital and social media. And in my third year of uni, one of my friends that I met, who I'm still friends with now, her dad was working at a marketing agency and they were basically looking for someone to be a marketing assistant there part-time. And I thought, you know what, I'll apply for this because I really want hands-on experience. And so, yeah, that's where I kind of had my first look into the industry and I loved it. I, I loved the kind of way that you could just be creative, but also really strategic, that there was data behind it. You know, you can talk about advertising on billboards and print and magazines, but being able to actually see like the proper return on your ad spend from that was really tricky. And so I really liked the fact that it was a little bit more black and white um, with online marketing, such as Facebook and Google ads and things like that. So yeah, I worked at that ad agency for probably about 12 months or so. I was up against the boss's son for the full-time job though. And so I didn't get that, which was actually a really good thing because Uh. my manager at the time, he kind of said to me, look, Jess, you know, I know, I know you're leaving and everything, but you know, you can totally do this yourself and go out there. And he really encouraged me. And it was such, such an awesome experience to have that support behind me in terms of like, go, go out there and just like the world's an oyster. And so he really encouraged me to, well, I was working in a, a grocery store at the time, Little Food Works, local grocery store to me. And they were actually asking if I could help with their social media presence. And so I mentioned this to my manager at the agency and he said, they're your first client pitch to them, you know, and he, so he worked with me during lunch breaks and stuff on creating Aww. a slide deck to propose to them and all of this kind of stuff. And it was really, really cool. So they were my first client that I landed. And at that point, my parents are both accountants. And so they kind of said, all right, well, you need an ABN now. You need to go get all this stuff. And so I was doing all these adulty life business things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is this a thing now? I'm not just like kind of freelancing. I've got a business. So and- how old were you at this point? I think I was 21 at this point. So I think I graduated from uni around 20 and then it was, I was 21. And so 
I've now been doing my marketing agency for six years and it's been really, really cool just to see it grow over the years. And of course, it always starts with your family and your friends and a little Facebook post saying, hey guys, this is what I'm doing now. (laughs) But then, you know, by I think year two, I was starting to go, okay, well, I'm going to put these packages together for people. I'm going to, this is my target audience and all of this stuff. And I really made it into a thing. And that's where like JS Solution Marketing was born. And it was more of like a business name and a brand. And I built my own little DIY website, which is still there, but looks slightly better than what it did back then. <laughs> and just all this kind of stuff that I had worked on behind the scenes. And now this year I, I hired two people. Um, I've got a marketing manager and I've got a marketing assistant. They're both in Melbourne. We met for the first time because remote work you don't really have to be five minutes from each other so we met for the first time about a month and a half ago and it was the coolest coolest thing so oh that's so cute (laughs) (laughs) so over time you started with social media over time how have those services changed so I know you've been on a bit of a journey from just managing someone's social media um, platforms like how's that changed and expanded over the years totally I started kind of doing everything I wanted to do all the things and help in any way I could and I'm pretty tech savvy so I felt like anything anyone wanted I could just learn how to do if they needed it so I started with like SEO and website designing and email marketing I just give everything a crack uh, but then I realized that I my passion was really around paid ads. And that was kind of in probably year two, three, four of my business. I really realized that, yeah, that was where I could see that black and white. And kind of this is, you've spent $100 on ads, you've made back 1000 And I could really share that with with people. And then as a result, I was getting more clients that way because, I don't know, those results tend to be a little bit more exciting for business owners to look at and see. And so (laughs) those results is what was getting me more clients um, for Facebook and Instagram ads and Google ads. And so I really kind of pivoted the business and just niched down into that. I got rid of my social media management side of things. And then funnily enough, I Facebook and Instagram and Google ads, I really realized that the best results I could get were for businesses who had kind of ticked off a lot of things on their to-do list. And a lot of those things were things like email marketing, SEO, um, social media management, the content side of things was really important in order for them to actually pour fuel onto that fire with paid ads. And so when I realized I was actually saying goodbye to a lot of clients or turning them away on the consult calls because they didn't have a lot of these things set up, I was like, I think I'm just blocking myself in by niching down so much here just to paid ads. And I'd become really well known in like my little community online as the Facebook and Google ads chick, because a lot of my friends were doing just Facebook ads and not Google ads, but then all the iOS things happened and like, blah, blah, blah. Facebook ads became a bit trickier and things. And a lot of my friends were coming to me for training on Google ads. And so all of a sudden, all of my friends slash competitors, but I say that with little air air quotation marks there, um, you know, all of those people coming to me asking for training. And so they all of a sudden were also doing Google ads as well. And so I thought, you know what, there's so much room at the table for everybody. And I'm just not going to think with a scarcity mindset that if I go back and also now offer social media content services, that I'm just not going to be able to to get that off the ground running because there's already so many people that do it. So yeah, I started basically doing that again, probably about 12 months ago. And now that I've scaled the team, it, the services have just become so much better because we can really service so many people in so many different ways, which is awesome. So yeah, we're doing like user-generated content now where we'll create um, videos for people's products, green screen videos of like 
things like conferences or things like, um, you know, programs that are coming up and they just want someone to explain what it is, but they're not, they're too scared to get in front of the camera. So we do it for them. And yeah, it's just, it's been a lot of fun kind of doing a full circle thing. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So for Jess's session at conference, she is going to be focusing mainly on um, the organic social media. Uh, We have played around with paid ads in the past, and I think it's been quite overwhelming for a lot of our delegates. So I think getting back to basics and just learning what's going on right now is just going to be super helpful for everyone, and it's going to bring such an ease. So thank you so much for saying yes. And what an inspirational story. I love it when like things just come together like that like that I mean I know there's got to be a lot of effort that goes into a business um but just the effortlessness of um how it came to be and the evolving of it is just so inspiring to listen to and you kind of know that that's when God's at the center um, because these opportunities like come and it's it's easy in a way it's Mm -hmm. easy in a way so can you share with us to oh and where did your um branding label before we move on where did your branding label come in and all of that all of that yeah that's funny we actually launched that a month before our wedding last year which was ridiculous like don't do that if you're launching a business don't do it four weeks out from when you're getting married no Um, but it was I'm glad we've done it because I feel like we both kind of sane and joking but kind of serious way if we hadn't have done it then I don't know when we would have done it and so I think sometimes you've just got to listen to God's calling and be like this this is the time now and if I don't do it now when um so that had been something I'd been working on though for in my mind it's one of those projects where you're like this is just a seed I'm going to plant it there and just wait uh it was something that I wanted to do for probably two or three years prior but it actually wasn't clothing it was stationery (laughs) so I have a Christian blog called smile without reason and that's kind of where without reason the label came from and on that my whole mission I've been writing on this blog for probably the last nine years or so 10 years maybe even more than that and essentially it was about you know I've got a lot of family and friends that don't know Jesus yet and I really want to make sure that I can share with them like stories because I know that that's the way people can be relatable like you know, you start throwing around words like Jesus and God and um, faith, religion, church. And sometimes people just completely tune out of that. And I know certainly there are people that I love, like my family, um, not my immediate family, but my extended family that that do tune out at that, at that kind of pace. And so I'm like, hmm, how can I share these values and Christian messages with them without Bible bashing them? And so this is kind of where Smile Without Reason came from. Um, and from the back of that, I thought, you know, let's go and create a stationary line or something where I can just do it. But in that mindset, it was very much more like, I just want to like capitalize on, on smile without reason. Then I grew up and I made my own business and I realized that, you know, things need purpose and things need, you know, some sort of why behind it. And I'm really glad that I didn't, didn't launch it with just that mindset, because now I can hand on heart, say that our, our business together, my husband and I, without reason, the label has so much purpose and mission behind it that we are so excited about, you know, where this can go from here. And essentially the whole purpose behind it is basically encouraging people that good things don't need to be justified. You can encourage others without reason. You can be kind without reason, just like Jesus did did and does. And that's essentially kind of our whole mission behind it, which is really exciting. So that's where the clothing label came in. We, you know, lockdown happened. I was wearing loungewear, which I'm wearing now. I'm actually wearing one of the quarter zips now. 
um, that it is yet to come out. So, yeah, we, I mean, I was just wearing loungewear all the time and I thought, let's do it. Let's make people a billboard for this message in a way that's going to bridge that gap between Christians and then people who don't know Jesus yet, but yet they can still be wearing these Christian values and messages and hopefully dig a little bit deeper. Um, another way we do that is, you know, people who sign up for 10% off our, off our website, the discount code is our Bible verse that kind of is the whole mission behind what we do. So yeah, it's, that's kind of where it all went into the mix, but we just went full send last year and just went, let's do it. (laughs) That's awesome. And then you got hitched. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, young and in love. That's so sweet. <laughs> You're in love and in loungewear. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hey, that's a good tagline. <laughs> Chuck it on the back of a hoodie. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So uh, can you please share with the audience now five tips on your craft? Absolutely. I'd love to. So, yeah, as... As SJ said, I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about the organic side of things um, today in this podcast. So if you have questions about paid ads, I'm more than happy to answer those as well if you want to jump into my DMs about it. But we'll be talking more about the organic side, which is no money to Mark Zuckerberg and all the minions out there. It's more just growing your own social media presence online. So I'll be chatting a little bit more, probably about Instagram, a little bit more than Facebook. I find that Instagram is where a lot of the engagement tends to happen with businesses and brands more so than Facebook. Um, But in terms of, you know, advertising, we certainly do that on both platforms. So the first tip around building a social media presence online is about making your account searchable. You want to be thinking like your target audience. So I kind of spoke about SEO and that I, you know, had that as a service that I provided for people way back in the day. And SEO is something that I guess a lot of people think about in terms of their website, you know, making it search friendly, making sure that it's optimized so that Google, Yahoo, being all the search engines, although who really uses Yahoo and Bing, let's be honest, him as DuckDuckGo as well. But I feel like that's just, yeah, anyway, so, so that Google can find your website, you know, doing all these little things so that the the search ranking and the results page actually works in your favor to show your website to people. So there is that with websites, but then you've also got it with search engines, which is essentially social media these days. So many people are using social media and you probably are doing this yourself to actually search for brands, products, and services online. You know, when I go to a restaurant, I'm generally looking up their Instagram account to look at what that beef ragu looks like or the Mexican nachos or whatever it might be (laughs) before I actually go and order it anyway. So that visual aspect of your brand, your business, business, your personality. There's a lot of things here in these five tips that are going to cross over. And I think it just goes to show how much you can nurture your audience with an online presence. So making your account searchable, things like your bio, making sure that there are words inside of that, that really explain what you do. Another thing on your Instagram handle, and you may have heard of this before, but where your name is, if you're just writing your business name. So for example, with my loungewear brand, if we just wrote without reason, the label, no one's searching for that because no one knows us. We're still babies. So no one's looking for with that reason. We instead would need to put something like unisex loungewear um, with meaning or unisex clothing, you know, those kind of keywords that make it really, really clear what you're selling so that when people are putting that into the search bar into Instagram, your stuff is coming up um, based off where you're located 
shared based off the kind of keywords that they're putting in, that kind of stuff as well. Obviously, hashtags, location tagging, um, your content, the actual captions of your Instagram posts, all of that stuff really helps as well. But it's really about making sure because all of these platforms, they, they can't read images. And that's something that is really, really important. Even on websites, you know, Google can't read the images on your website, which is why those alt texts are so important or those alternative um, text to the images. So you can go and put those in even on Instagram as well or in Facebook and you can actually click the edit icon on your images and you can pop in a couple of keywords there to describe what your image says. And all of that stuff helps Instagram really understand who your target audience is, what you're selling, what you're promoting, and then be able to push you in front of the right people as well. So searchability, that's one of the biggest things that I would recommend doing. The next thing, my second tip would be around humanizing your brand. So get in front of the camera and tell your unique story. People buy from people so much more these days. And if you've been on TikTok, there's a huge small business trend happening on there at the moment, particularly um, around, you know, behind the scenes content. People want to see you packing orders. People want to see you doing the ins and out of your business. And it's so funny because as a business owner, it can feel so humdrum, like what you do. It's like, I didn't really do much today. I just sat in front of a computer. <laughs> well, grab one little thing on your task list that you did. And that might be something like researching the new designs or finding a new scent for your candle business or reaching out to suppliers or, um, I don't know, fixing up your services guide or your website about me page or something like that. Just grab one thing that you're doing and literally grab a tripod, pop it behind you and film from afar. You don't have to show off anything, you know, that's top secret, but you know, just show what you're doing and then pop on the screen. Um, you know, it's some text to some music you can sync it to and share some value about what you're doing, how you've gotten here, your story. And then really don't worry about being too repetitive because the stats on how many people that follow you that actually see your stuff is crazy. I think the stat that I found yesterday when I was preparing a piece of content for my business page, it was like 4%, I think of your three or 4% of your Facebook um, followers, people who actually follow your Facebook page, see your organic content. So organic is, yeah, no paid ads, no boosted posts. And then I think it's 9% on Instagram. So it's still like a fraction of the people who actually have opted into following your account, which is wild. So there is so much noise out there. So don't get in your head about, oh, but I'm just saying the same thing all the time because realistically, like people are missing your stuff every so often. So if you're going up and showing up consistently and sharing, you know, posts two or three times a week and then you're getting there and you're sharing the same message but just from a slightly different angle or with some different video footage behind or maybe this time you're doing direct to camera you know this kind of stuff don't don't freak out that you're saying the same thing over and over again because people need to hear certain things in different ways with different hooks at the start from different angles in order for them to pay attention and you'll probably see the same thing you know even in the ads world you see the same ad multiple times before you go yeah yeah I do want those jeans <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing you've got to sell with stories they kind of call it story what is it story selling I think they call it oh, nowadays <laughs> so um, do think about that when you're humanizing your brand um you know, things like if you if you do sell candles, for example, something that you could do is you could share things like how you pick a different scent. So what's an scent that you're bringing out in your range and how do you pick that? What's the process of that? Like, I'd be interested in watching that. I have no idea what the first process would be like. I know that we got asked the other day, like, so where do you get your designs from? Like, is it, do you find it from somewhere else or do you, so like share that 
experience. Ask, think about the questions your family, friends ask or your audience ask and then tap into those kind of things. You might want to do a morning routine. So how does your candle that you sell actually come into somebody's life? How does their life kind of go around and, and how does the candle become part of it? You know, rather than you trying to push it and force it into their life, how does it naturally look? So that might look like a morning routine where, you know, they're having their devotion in the morning and then they're lighting their candle and having their cup of coffee. And that's just like soft selling. It's not going, here's the candle and shoving it down someone's throat. It's showing them how their life can be improved with the candle there to really set the mood for their devotion time with God. And so all of these different things, you've just got to think, you know, it's so easy to just go, this is my product and here it is, or this is my service, here it is. But think about the value it can add and then strip that back and start humanizing your brand by sharing the the ways that that's impacting your life, your story, bring all of that stuff into it. So that would be my second tip, humanize your brand. The third tip would be connect and collaborate. So find people who share similar audiences to you and collaborate with these people. That is by far the number one way that I grew my marketing business. I did not see people as competition. I saw them as collaboration and community and I would follow them. I'd engage with their stuff. I would chat to them in the DMs and I would find out ways where we could both benefit one another's businesses. So as I said before, like I was really known more as the paid ads person in the middle part of my of my business. And so with my friends who were only doing organic, I would jump into their Instagram lives. I would do reels with them where one of them would do, they would talk about social media, organic stuff. And then we would do like a funky transition or something. And then I'd jump into the reel and I would share about how, okay, great. So you've nailed your organic content. Now, how do you scale with paid ads? And then all of a sudden their audience of 5,000, 10,000, however many followers they had, were starting to see my content, my expert expertise and starting to naturally and gradually, not all of them, but you know, some of them would then come filter across, ask me things in the DMs. And that's how I was able to grow as well. So really being able to connect and collaborate with people who can really um, complement your business and your offerings. You don't want to go with somebody else who's you know, offering seemingly the exact same thing because most of the time the people who follow you are going to go with you and the people who follow them are going to go with them. So you want to cross-pollinate your audiences and that's a really great way to do that. Something I did learn is that you want to go with someone who also has a similar follow account to you. So so you don't want to go at like, you know, a 1,000 follow account and go out to someone with 70,000 followers and be like, hey, want to do a collaboration with me? Because unless you have some sort of relationship there already, they're going to go, mm, no, because what, really, what really am I going to get out of this? So you do have to kind of be realistic with that as well, but totally around, you know, adding value to one another's audience from a different angle, inviting people to your page and really welcoming them there. The second kind of point of that though, is then once you've done something like that, have a strategy around it. Go, okay, well, if I'm going to be welcoming people onto my page, how do I then nurture all these new people that are there? You need to be showing up consistently and sharing um, all of that, that stuff that we've already spoken about in terms of adding value to your audience and um, thinking about how you can nurture them. And that kind of leads in to my fourth tip, which is around nurturing your audience. So when it comes to nurturing your audience, you've kind of got, we kind of like to say with like paid ads, it's around like fast growth, but obviously that comes with a price tag. You know, you're paying these, these um, big, uh, what are they called? Advertising platforms. That's the word, as in say agencies, but that too, if you wanted to, <laughs> but you can, you can pay these advertising platforms to push your stuff out to targeted people. Right. And you can do that, but 
at some point, like it's the same as growing your email list. If you're growing your email list, that's great. But if you're not actually emailing your email list, there's no point having them all sitting there because you're just paying Clavio or whatever, however much money to just have this list of people that you're not nurturing. So nurturing your audience once you're growing your social media presence is so incredibly important because these people are obviously finding you follow worthy of going, okay, well, this person is actually creating content that is speaking to me, or I need this product or service in my life. I really, really, really want um, to learn more about this. I'd, I'd love to follow behind the scenes more. For me personally, the stuff that I love to see of small businesses is that authentic stuff. At the moment, I'm loving watching day in the life vlogs. I don't know why I'm like, call me a creep, but I love watching what people do during the day because it's just so interesting. I even say this to my friends. I'm like, can you vlog your day for me? I just want to know what you do. Like, I know what you do, but I don't know what you do. (laughs) And they're kind of like, yeah, you're actually kind of right. Like we talk about work or whatever, when we catch up or see each other at church, but we don't actually understand what each other do throughout the day at the nine to five or whatever it is that you work. And so actually showcasing people, particularly from a small business side of things, actually like being able to nurture your audience with educational content, informative content, but then entertaining them as well by showing them, this is what I actually do. This is how I pack your orders. This is how much love goes into the service I provide and showing people the reason why this lights you up like nothing else. And that's why people are going to buy from you because people, it's just like this energy exchange in a way, like people just get the vibe that you're, you're putting out there. And then they're going, I want a part of that because that's something that, you know, I can see that they have their heart and soul into their services that they provide their product that they're selling. And I want to buy into that. So nurturing your audience with all of that really, really helps. You can create a content plan, like I mentioned before, where you could batch create content and then schedule it so that you're actually posting with a strategy in mind rather than just posting on a whim and then as a result kind of going okay it just needs stuff out there and you just fly and you've got the quote cards up or whatever the happy monday posts and they're all well and good but there has to be a purpose behind it there has to be some sort of thing where people actually need to know what you're selling as well and you don't want it to be a sales focused post all the time but you do actually need to share what you sell. And this is more important, I think, for service-based businesses because it can be tricky. It can be like you go down there. I know I'm victim to this. You can go fully down the way of like, I just want to add value. And so you're just doing training posts, tutorial posts, and just adding all this value to people giving free advice. And then you're not really, you're kind of forgetting to show up on stories or show up anywhere and be like, oh, hey, so if you want to work with me, here's how you can do that. (laughs) You just expect people to know or go to your bio, but people need direction. And so don't forget to add that into your content plan and your strategy as well. So things like working out, you know, who's my target audience? Who are the people that I really want to focus on, on getting to work with me as my dream client? Who's my dream purchaser, my customer that's going to come back time and time again, then map out their personas. And you could have multiple personas here, but working out what they like, what they dislike, their interests, their hobbies, their pain points, their demographic, where they live, what they do in their free time. All of this stuff really helps you to map out somebody that every single time you write a piece of content, you know that you're speaking to that person. And that has really helped us as well because we do so many different services with our marketing agency, as I've mentioned. And so that can be really tricky because with different services, people can be at different levels of business as to when they need that service. And so without those personas there, you can be just talking to everybody rather than someone. And then all of a sudden you're just going, why is 
why is the phone quiet? Why don't I get any email inquiries? And you're realizing that you're trying to talk to everybody at the same time. And it's actually confusing people because you're not being direct with your messaging and you're not actually showing up and sharing how your services or how your product actually adds value to that person's life. And so even with results, you know, um, you can share results and testimonials and things, but even coming from the angle of, okay, well, rather than just like a results carousel, I could then repurpose that content and create another one where it's like, okay, let's go in and actually create a reel. And we'll talk about this story of how somebody has gone from X to why, and now you're grabbing that carousel, you've repurposed that content and you've gone in and created kind of a story focused version of the results that you've given. And you've actually stripped it back and said, Jane came to me and she wanted to blah, blah, blah. And then we were able to blah, blah, blah. And you've actually been able to repurpose the exact same piece of content in a different way where people might be like, oh, that's what all of that information meant (laughs) on that carousel I saw the other day. So there's so many different ways you can nurture your audience and sell and share your expertise without actually kind of just throwing, throwing things at them and hoping that it sticks, if that makes sense as well. So on top of that, I know this nurture your audience one is quite big, but I'm trying to give some content ideas here so you go away and like, yes, I just want to create all this content. So the (laughs) other thing that I would recommend when it comes to video content is Video, I think, has been one of those things that a lot of people have jumped in there and gone, okay, just do video, right? Because Instagram created reels and they were doing the rival against TikTok. And then everyone was just kind of forgetting about static images, except the poor photographers who were like, oh, what? (laughs) I have to do videos. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So what I really want to encourage you to do here is not forget about static images, not forget about carousels. To be honest, carousels are probably one of the most engaging ways that you can get people coming coming back to your content and engaging with your content for a long period of time. Not only does it break up your content pieces into multiple frames so people can just swipe through and digest it, but it makes it really shareable. It makes it really savable. And it also allows you to have things that are kind of quotable that people can then share as well. And on top of that, if someone scrolls through their feed and they see your first slide, but then they don't actually engage with it, then what Instagram will actually do is show you them your second carousel slide when they go and scroll through Instagram again. So it's pushing it out multiple times to them as well. And so all of this kind of stuff can really, really help you show up in front of the same audience, nurture them further, but then able enable you to repurpose this content in other forms as well, such as video. What we're finding from an ads thing, and this is just like an aside, but really interesting point is that with video content versus static images like carousels is we're finding that from an ads perspective, yes, the videos do really well. And generally Facebook and Instagram push that more. But in terms of engagement, it's the static images in the carousels that get more engagement, such as comments, shares, all of that stuff and saves. And I, I really- but hang on, go to- back, repeat that so people can have some <laughs> ease in their life. Did you just say st- static images in carousels yes. are better than videos in the 100%. way of engagement? Because- In the way of engagement, because people actually digest it better. So in terms of if your end goal is I want to make purchases and sales or generate leads for my service business, digesting information for people that they can come back to and they know that they don't have to listen to you talk for 60 seconds before they get to the main point. They actually can just go, oh, Oh. it was on slide nine and save it. Oh, so many people. Like so many people and it, it annoys me. This is like one of my frustrations is they'll do a reel of, and I think I follow a lot of hairdressing ones 
Like, you're like what people get up to behind the day. I'm like, how's the hairdresser going to transform this person today? And I love watching those. But they always take so much time doing the consultation, working out what it is they're going to do. They share a little bit about like how they do it. So they're doing the chopping or they're doing the dye and whatever. And then for 0.3 seconds, they show the end result and it's gone. I'm like, people, hold that the longest. We only want to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this is how beautiful she looks. Totally. And honestly, (laughs) yes. And that that is honestly, like, you could use that as an, an analogy just for content strategy in general, because realistically, people want to hear the transformation, right? They want to see the transformation in your business, in your products, your services, whatever it is that you do and you're trying to create an impact in the world with. They want to see the transformation. And so I think that's even for me something that I need to constantly remember is just get straight to the point. Even if that's like you get straight to the point and then you give a bit more context and then you keep going with the point. But the ratio of that has to be like one third to two thirds, you know, like (laughs) it really has to be like that because that's what people want to hear. And that's where you scroll stopping content comes through. So that's, I think, to be honest, one of the reasons why video content isn't doing well um, anymore as much because the people that are popping off with video content are the ones that are doing that, are the ones that are getting straight to the point, creating the hook, making, getting you, you know, creating the urgency, making you go, oh, I want to watch the whole thing. They're super engaging. People yeah. that are doing a one-shot wonder who sit there and talk and they go, um, yeah. I mean, you can tell they haven't thought about what they're going to say. They're the ones that people scroll past straight away. They're the ones I scroll past straight away. Uh-huh. It's the people who've edited their stuff, they've sat there in front of the camera for 10 minutes talking about it and thinking about it, but then they've taken another five minutes to edit that down to a three-minute video that is short, sharp, no ums, no buts, just has the main stuff in it. And that is really what people are loving. Um, another thing people are loving is you doing stuff while you're talking about what you love to do. So for example, I could sit here and talk to you about whether Facebook or Google ads is better for your business. But if I'm there actually making my lunch while I'm talking to you about it, people have something to look at while it, they're not just looking at my face the whole time and like looking at whether my eyebrows match up on both sides. Like yeah. they're actually looking at me creating something. <laughs> exactly. They're looking at me creating something. They want to see the transformation of my end, you know, product of my sandwich or whatever that I'm making as well. And so there's all these <laughs> other elements that come to it. That's why those makeup videos, when girls are doing their makeup, get ready with me while we chit chat about this. It's like, yeah, well, I want to see what your makeup look like, looks like at the end, or I want to see your outfit at the end. So that is a whole other thing as well. But nurturing your audience with this kind of content, creating hooks that are really catching people's attention at the start and starting with the problem, starting with the pain point so that when your audience sees the content, it stops their scroll because they know they're the target audience. That's the goal with mm. all of this. There's no mm. point creating content where your target audience is like, oh, this isn't this isn't for me, scroll past. You want them mm. to be like, whoa, she's talking to me. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that we want to talk about. So for example, like if you sell, I don't know, um, let's say digital products like a downloadable Bible study guide or some sort of digital product online, you could start out by writing a list of pain points that your customer might have. So it might be, I keep getting distracted when I'm trying to do a devotion. And so your thing is, going, you could create the same piece of content three different ways. One way could be, I don't know, this is just off the cuff, but like one way could be, oh my goodness, I tried doing my devotion this morning, but I just realized I hadn't swept the floor. I realized that I needed to clean the bed. I need, And so I got two sentences in and then I closed it and 
now I'm just going to have to wait until the end of the day. And so you could start it with a hook that's super relatable and everyone's like, oh my gosh, yes, that's me. And then explain that how your guide walks you through the three or five ways of how to not, like how to um, remove or avoid distraction when you're trying to read the Bible. So there's so many ways that you can go about doing that. And I think it's really important to start with the answer to the question or start with the pain point so that people actually know this is something that's valuable and this is going to be helpful for me. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Just just quickly, before you move on to number five, for those that are listening that might not know, what is a hook? Mm, What is a hook? Great question. So a hook is essentially those first three to five seconds of a video, for example, or for carousel, that first slide, that first thing that's going to get people in, essentially hook them and what, what's the saying? Hook, line, and syndicate? Yeah. Syndicate? Syndicate? <laughs> I don't know. I don't fish. Well, yeah, what you mean. <laughs> you get the gist. So that kind of, that's going to annoy me that I can't remember that. But anyway, so you hook them in from the get-go. What is going to, what's going to do that? Because if someone's, there is so much noise, there is so much stuff mm. out there that mm. your hook is really important. I mean, you just have to scroll on Instagram reels or even on your feed for five seconds and you'll even start to start to notice what is pulling you in and what's not, whether it's, you know, um, yeah, the, someone yelling, someone being quiet at the start, someone asking you a question, someone speaking. And I don't know, with a really emotional kind of tone of voice, like actually when you're scrolling next, have a look and see what kind of hooks actually get you to go, Oh yeah, I want to watch this. Is it someone doing something at the start, you know, that kind of stuff. So starting with a story, a pain point, a question, that is really what's going to hook people in at the beginning. That's so good. I love that. That's so good. And um, I found too, thank you for answering that question. You said it a few times. I know what a hook is, but I thought just in case people um, don't want to know. And you've got me thinking, right? So we make these podcasts and videos and then we try and like, get as much out of them as possible so we head over to Descript um which I found recently and it's amazing what that will do is it will transcribe for us it's a really easy way to edit your pictures because uh, your videos because you can actually edit through the words so if you take a word out it'll take it that bit of the video out for you so you can read through which is really great when you just like somewhere in that podcast we spoke about this and you can go through it find the words and then you can edit it out and so I've been creating reels from that because I can highlight the words for the reels. Like I literally highlight the words, copy, open up a new project, paste it in there. And I've got a template already set up for reels. I'm like, I've blown my own mind with this little system. <laughs> and then I can add captions onto that because it's already been transcribed and make the captions look how Anyway, but now I'm thinking, okay, so now I've got the transcript but we've got like, snipping out the reels and keeping them short and sweet and all that kind of stuff now we can turn those words into carousels as well because the words are already written out and we can like triple like the amount that we can use this one piece of content because everyone knows i am the reper yeah like i am a huge repurposer i'm like okay we'll do this one podcast video and then so much can come out of it it's so good but yeah, you've even got me thinking now. I'm like, mm, okay, well, we can work with this because I've even noticed with our reels, we were getting thousands of views with our reels. And then suddenly it's just gone like mm. so much less. And it's the content really isn't that different to what we were sharing 
a month or two ago they've just mm. kaplunkered so I'm now I'm like okay well how can we rejig this around a bit so you've got my juices flowing this is good well I'm glad I'm glad yeah and you're so right I mean you know when reels boomed I don't know maybe a year and a half ago I don't exactly know when it all started but recently um there was hardly anyone using them. It was like Snapchat stories. Everyone was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and it was mainly people going like this. Yeah, like that was exactly. it. That was, the that was all it was. Exactly right. And now you've got people educating. Now you've got people storytelling. Now you've got the funny ones. Like depending on how your algorithm looks and the kind of content you consume, that's what's showing up. But my point is like it's becoming a lot more saturated. And so to stand out from the crowd, it is a lot harder. And so that's where, you know, all these points we've been talking about, humanizing your brand, nurturing your audience, using really good hooks, kind of doing something so people have something to watch while you're talking, you know, having some interesting story, thinking about what you're going to say before just hitting record. All these things is so important in order to, you know, actually make a dent in in such a busy, busy space. Um, But yeah, so once you've tackled all this stuff, once you've tackled all the organic side, my fifth tip in terms of growing and um, your online presence is around paid ads. So the reason why I say after doing all of this is because I'll be very honest, you can burn a lot of money with paid ads very quickly. As a small business owner, you can think that, well, this is the way I'm going to get my name out there. And that's hundred percent right. It's a great way if you want to get your name out there in front of new people, but out there in front of targeted people, rather than sometimes with organic strategies, you're kind of like, oh, great. That reel went viral, but like some of these people that follow me now aren't my target audience, you know, because you don't really have a lot of control over stuff when things do go viral. And so with paid ads, you have, okay, well, I'm going to spend $500 and I'm going to target people who are interested in loungewear or people who are women that are 20 to 30 or whatever it might be, but you can really hone in on demographics, interests, hobbies, and all these things that make up your persona. And so what, why it's so important that you have all of these things set up for success before you actually press play on ads is because you, you kind of want to make sure that if you're driving traffic to your social media page, or if you're driving traffic to your website, you want to make sure that these things are actually optimized to generate sales and generate leads for you. So that if you're now paying a platform to get you people and get you more eyeballs to these places, you actually want to ensure that they're set up for success in the first place. So from a website perspective, you want to make sure that, you know, you might, if you sell products, you may want to make sure that you've got a 10% incentive for people so that when you're getting people there, they're like, oh yeah, there's an incentive for me as a first time purchase. You may want to make sure, you definitely want to make sure you have an abandoned cart sequence set up so that if you're getting people putting your product into their cart, but then they're abandoning that, that they're getting an email 24 hours later explaining or saying to them and reminding to them that they've got this sitting there. So there are so many little things like that and your SEO, your um, your Instagram, social media content strategy, your TikTok, all these different things play a part in fueling the success of your Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And I guess the, the first question I always get, or the biggest question I always get on consult calls with potential clients is, but which way do I go? Do I go Google ads or do I go Facebook and Instagram ads? And what I generally tell them and ask them is, okay, do people know they need what you have to offer? Because if they know that they need it, and it's not just an impulse buy or something, they're actually looking for it, then they will most likely go to Google and search for it, or they'll go to social media and search for it organically. But if they they don't know that they need it, and it's kind of clothing, for example, but you know visually it's appealing to them, and they'd actually be like, oh yeah, this is interesting, then Facebook and Instagram ads is probably a really good way to get it in front of them, because this is a way you can target people quite broadly, and just kind of 
I don't like using this analogy, but kind of like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks in a sense, because it's kind of like, this is my pool of people. It's just gotten a heck of a lot bigger because I'm not just boiling it down to people who are actively searching for it on Google. I'm now just reaching people who fit my age demographic, my local, um, like all of these targeting requirements that you pop in. And as a result, you're actually able to reach a lot more people from that. So it can be a bit more cost-effective in that sense. And if you're selling things like um, yeah, like a candle or clothing or something that's quite visual or personal in the sense of a service, then perhaps doing something through Facebook and Instagram where you can really sell that experience better um, will be really helpful for your business. Google ads are fantastic though. If you are an electrician, for example, or a hair, um, hair stylist, you know, people kind of know when they need, when their oven's broken and they need it fixed or their lights just fallen out of the wall and now they need a new light, you know, things like that. They're a bit more urgent. There's something people need right now and they know that they have a problem they need to solve. And so Google ads are really great for things like that. But that is generally the kind of guide that I would give people going from there. And sometimes there'll, there'll be clients that come to us where both will absolutely work hand in hand. And for the most cases, that is what it is. But at the same time, you might not want to just pour all of your, you know, money into all of the platforms. It's really best to work out where or how am I going to share this message and what makes most sense for my business. And so that is really helpful um, to kind of think about in terms of that question. So paid ads is really about pouring fuel onto an already burning fire rather than being a fire starter. And I always say that to people. It's always about this is a process where you need to make sure everything else is working and you're generating consistent leads or consistent sales first so that now we can just pour fuel onto that and we can go, let's let's just scale this baby basically. Because if you're trying to start the fire with paid ads, I can guarantee you that you will be disheartened once you get to month two if you're starting to go, well, I'm only breaking even with my ads because it is something like that. When people don't know about your business yet, and unless you're a big business that has a lot of brand awareness already and can probably just put an ad out and your face is really recognizable or your brand name is really recognizable, you're competing with massive brands that have crazy ridiculous budgets. And the 10 or 20 or $50 a day that you're spending feels a lot for a small business owner, but to them, it's spare change. And so you're playing with a lot of the big dogs in a lot of these advertising spaces. And that's not to scare you, that's just to be realistic. And so that's where your organic strategy can be really, really powerful because you can get on that human level with people. You can really share your story in a really fun, authentic, real and raw way. And yes, it's going to be a slower burn. And that's where paid ads can amplify that. But once you've started to get all of those things, those ducks in a row, then you can go, sweet, I'm ready for paid ads. I'm ready to start pouring fuel onto this. Let's see. Let's see it take off, basically. That's awesome. That is so good. Well, I think you just blew the ducks out of the water with all those five points, my friend. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you're going to bring at conference. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you that's so awesome. much. No so worries. Just, <laughs> very brief recap. Number one make your account searchable. Number two, humanize your brand. Number three, connect and collaborate. Number four, nurture your audience. And number five, once you've got everything sorted out and you know it converts, think about paid ads and start. it's time to start adding fuel to your already lit fire (laughs) in a very quick nutshell I think people are going to be listening to this and going okay so I'm probably going to re-watch this (laughs) (laughs) and like start taking notes so um with all of that can you share with us now 
How do you incorporate God into your business? I love this question so much. I think as I've as I've gotten older and my relationship with God has matured more and more and I've seen it as more of a relationship rather than an obligation of I've got to go to church, I've got to tick these things off the list and everything. I think that I've really realized that because for, for a long time I thought marketing, how the heck can I make marketing and bring God into that? Marketing is often seen as sleazy, salesy, all of this kind of stuff. And so I really was challenged by that. But I think, as I said, as I've grown up and gotten older, I've realized that my my core values that I have, hold in my business is how I can really bring God into it. Because a lot of, there are a lot of cowboys and cowgirls out there in the marketing space that are just there to make a quick buck. Because realistically, marketing is a foreign language to a lot of people, particularly online paid ads space. It's a whole new world. And a lot of people can kind of get thrown under the bus a lot by being brought on board by people who just promise you the world and then under deliver, or they aren't very transparent with the results and they attribute all of your sales to their ads. And how can you ever really do that anyway? You know, people listen to, they get referrals, like attributions already a bit wonky, but they, they promise you the world with all of this stuff. And I think for me, something that I really value is transparency and honesty. So in all my consult calls with potential clients, and all throughout the client process, I always am very upfront with clients about realistic expectations. And I always, I I never try to upsell them to something that I don't think they need. So something that I always say to the clients on the call or the lead, sorry, on the call is, you know what? I actually don't feel like you need my full management because this is quite a large investment for you and you're probably not at this stage right now. So I think that I could actually just do in one session, train you on doing this yourself. You can save the management fee because like, yeah, money's nice, but like I would prefer them to keep that in their back pocket and for me to teach them in one in one hit or in two sessions, whatever they need to know about where they're stuck right now, make that really customized to them and actually see the needle move forward in their business in a lot, um, in a much mm-hmm. quicker way that's not going to be as expensive. And I think for me, like, I never really thought of that as showing my Christian values, but I recognize now that that's 100% ways that I can just be really real and really um, honest with people. And that's very hard to come by in today's world, which is crazy. So that is how I show and incorporate God into my business in that sense with the marketing side. With, with that reason, it's a little simpler because that's our whole mission behind it. And I did want to just share the verse that we actually um, we actually have for our businesses, like our mission point. And that's Luke chapter 6, verse 35 to 36. And this is the message. And it says, I tell you, love your enemies, help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind, you be kind. And that's really like the crux of everything we believe in with without reason, because even though we're not there Bible bashing people, this is the Luke chapter six is the verse that they put in to get their first 10% discount. And the way that we kind of massage that in is really our market stalls. We do market stalls monthly where we get to have conversations with people in real life. And it's honestly the thing that lights me up the most in this business. And it's just really cool to see ways where you can connect with people that you have no idea if they know God yet or not. And some people you can kind of tell, but I feel like with Christians, like, I don't know, you just get a vibe that someone's like, they just, they know Jesus. <laughs> so I, I want to be that for people. I want, I want people to meet Brass and I at our market stalls and go, there's something different about them and in a good way. <laughs> so 
that that idea that you know Jesus did good things for others without reason we can encourage others to consider doing the same there's no ultimatums there doesn't have to be hidden genders we just want to do good things because and that's really what we do there with that mission which is really exciting that's awesome that's awesome I love that and you know how you're saying before how you feel that marketing is like oh it's a little bit cheesy and slimy <laughs> and you kind of feel the thing did you know that Jesus was the biggest marketer on earth <laughs> <Hello>? so true <laughs> so true so I don't think like you should be feeling sleazy or like you about being a marketer because Jesus was the biggest marketer on earth and he was a fantastic storyteller which is what marketing is really so don't feel sleazy about it own it (laughs) I love that so much that's great (laughs) so you shared Luke 6 is that your bible verse bible verse for this season or have you got another one I do have another one for this season. I think at the moment in this season, I feel just busy. I feel go, go, go. And I think I kind of in a way, and I'm not super proud of this, but like (laughs) I do glorify busyness a little bit in my life. I love the go, go, go. And I think there'd be a lot of people listening to this that can probably kind of relate to that in terms of just, you know, the next, the next thing that's coming up or the next this or that or whatever. And I can get so caught up in that, that I miss the miracle. And I miss the fact that I'm actually living in the moments I prayed for back then. And I don't want to be missing on that. And so something I'm really trying to do more of is be super present with my relationship with God and actively pursue and seek him every single day. And the more and more that I actually just invite him into my space and into my world every day, the more I'm actually actively looking for him being there and so I'm actually seeing things happen in real life in like in real time rather than going you know oh that was such a god moment and reflecting on it because that and that's not a bad thing either but I'm just saying it's so much cooler when you're in the moment having that god moment and you're like it's happening it's here the thing I prayed for it's right now (laughs) and it's actually so much cooler so that's something that I've been praying for more and the verse that kind of I I have written down is Matthew um, chapter 11 verse 28 to 30 and this is the message as well it says are you tired worn out burnt out on religion come to me get away with me and you'll recover your life I'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me and work with me watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly and I just think that yeah with the whole glorifying busyness this just constantly reminds me that I can find rest in Jesus and um, like I attend a Seventh Day Adventist church and like the Sabbath is is a massive thing for us in terms of like not doing work on the Sabbath. So Saturday is really important for us. And it's become my favorite day of the week. And I just love sharing this with people because it's just like, you don't even need to, even my friends that don't go to church. And they, when I talk to them about what the Sabbath means to me and just being able to meditate on God's word and have this moment where you can just reflect and like, this is just for you and Jesus. They're like, that's really cool. So like, you just, you just dedicate time to rest and do the stuff that you love. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that's so cool. I'm like, well, you can do that too. <laughs> so it's really, really powerful, I think, in this world of just the next best thing and go, go, go to just be able to actually rest. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to prioritize that a lot more because I feel like if it's a relationship with God and it's not just this, you know, one way thing, which sometimes it can feel like if you want it to be two way, you need to actually stop, shut up for a second and listen and <laughs> That's something I, I certainly am in the process of journeying on now. Oh, I think we're all learning that one, my friend. I think that's <laughs> a, a never-ending <laughs> learning experience, but I absolutely mm. love it. I absolutely love it. 
Cool. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to interview you today and hear all about your story and seeing all that knowledge come out of your mouth. And you can see that you're just so passionate about all of it. It's really, really great. Um, If our listeners wanted to follow up with you, where can they find you? Yeah, Instagram would be the best place. Um, you can go to I'm just JES Solution Marketing or Jess Solution Marketing, however you want to write it, um, in Instagram, or you can go to my website there, jessolutionmarketing.com.au forward slash links, and that will take you to, yeah, my website for my business or for Without Reason if you're interested in either side of that. But yeah, if you have any questions about marketing, shoot them my way and I'm happy to chat. That's awesome. And we'll pop those in the show notes as well. And of course, if you wanted to meet Jess in person, get to conference. Yay, so excited. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have a balance of extroverts and introverts. <laughs> I can't wait. You're going to help save some of our energy where you can just be out there and I can like retreat a bit. It's good. <laughs> Oh, yes. I'll be there with bells on. That's awesome. Well, you're listening to the Christian Women in Business video podcast. It's been such a pleasure to bring this podcast to you today. And we will catch you next time. Bye for now.